Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spidey Dude Experience. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host and webmaster of spidey-dude.com. This is the audio version of the Spidey Dude Experience. If you haven't checked this out on our YouTube page, I highly encourage you to do so. Go to youtube.com, just search for Spidey Dude Radio Network, and you'll be able to find us there very easily. Thanks for listening if you're an audio listener, but be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And coming soon, we'll be all on Amazon Music Podcasts, so you can use us there. So, also, I want to give a shout-out to our friend of the website, and he's our Patreon member, Vinkman. Now, our Patreon page is designed to help out our website and help bring in more great content, be able to upgrade equipment and be able to bring better features to our various shows. So, check out those shows if you haven't already. Go to spidey-dude.com. You can find them all there, but also you can find them on your favorite podcasting platforms, like the aforementioned three that I made. You can all you can listen to stuff like ASM Classics, which is about to have its season two debut later on this year. Make My Mayday, which is another weekly show here on the Spidey Dude Network. Clone Saga Chronicles, the uh, the comprehensive Clone Saga podcast, and Spectacular Radio, a podcast wholly devoted to the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. We are about to wrap those last two up, and later on this year we'll have a new show called The Forgotten. That'll be debuting, as well as other shows that are related to our network, such as the Broken Rider Variety Hour, and that's already out. You can find it on Twitch at uh, twitch.com slash coolsniv. Links will be up on spray-do.com. As well as Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. You'll learn more about that in the final episode of Spectacular Radio. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Spidey Radio, Facebook at Spidey Dude Network, as well as the same thing on Instagram. So thanks for listening, and if we make some mentions of various things that are on the screen because we did these live-streamed, uh, please excuse those as we will have some visual aids and visual references. So with that, I turn it over to myself. We'll see you at the end of this very episode. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Zach Joyner here for Spider Experience. This episode is titled Absolutely 2099 Carnage. Yeah, we're going to be covering a lot in this episode. In fact, we're going to be covering two trades this episode. First up, part of this particular episode because of 2099 especially, it's Neil. Yeah, that's right. I'm here to suffer so you don't have to, Zach. <laughs> But I'm wait. doing I'm, I'm doing good though. How are you today? I'm, uh, that's a loaded question. I'm doing uh, I, oh, really, I'm, <laughs> oh no! Uh, I no, shouldn't have asked that. Oh, it's 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 fine. It's fine. It, it, look, by the time this is released, I'll be having a fantastic day. So, yeah, uh, we got the absolute Adam. Hello. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Just hello. All right, we got P. Thuggin. Uh, Neil, you should have heard me when you asked him how he was doing. I was just like, no! <laughs> Damn, you almost blurred the mic there. People I, I know, I know. no idea what's going on, and that's okay. I'm not going to get into it on air. So. <laughs> I'm the only one wearing over-ear headphones. I just realized that. Everyone yeah, well, else says that. We are, we are, I, I was, 
Neil, I was looking for mine. I don't know where they are, to be honest. So the truth be told, uh, you know, these are about to become a relic if you watch the iPhone 12 event. Mm. Uh, they're uh, no longer going to be included in the box anymore. Dang. Dun, 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 dun. All right. So Spider Man 2099 and <laughs> maximum right, footage. So okay. So we're, we're okay. covering. We're covering a bunch of issues tonight. We're going to be covering tw ASM 29, ASM 30, ASM 31, ASM 32, ASM 33, and 34. Are we not doing 35 and 36? And, and 35 and 36, yeah. <laughs> 35 and 36. So we're covering ASM 29 through 36. Why are we covering so many issues tonight? Well, it's because, frankly, <laughs> the 29.9 trade is normal-sized, but the absolute carnage trade is not. It's mm -hmm. basically a four-issue trade. It's very much the smallest volume of the uh, so that's been released thus far, and so we thought we'd just go ahead and come. Well, smash it, it's it it's beef. It's a four-issue trade that's beefed up by the fact that one of the issues is big. It's it's the Red Goblin issue from like back in October of last year. So, so we figured we, we figured we might as well just knock it out all in one go and then take it twenty ninety nine along with it. Exactly, mm -hmm. and that that way we can basically finish out all of 2019 start focusing on the stuff that's in 2020 and get very very close to catching up within an episode or two so that's the mm -hmm. great news so eventually we'll be we'll be doing it bill o'reilly style we'll be doing it live uh <laughs> we'll do it live um but like i say i'm super excited um i'm like really really excited about this episode and we will go from there so first up we're gonna be covering an issue that i think is probably one of the most interesting issues mm -hmm. just because i think it's it's one of those that i i when i when i went back and reread it i was like oh that's right this is the issue where we get the biggest hint of mm -hmm. something happening and i'm gonna say this it, it probably was one of my favorite issues um, of 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 Nick Spencer's run, just because of the fact that it literally had a bombshell implication, and so sorry, my computer is somewhat being crazy right now. But here, you want you want me to. Take the wheel for a minute for yeah, you while yeah. you're go ahead. While, while I'm pulling up the uh, pulling the issue up, so you guys can see the visually see the issues. Um, or you, you know, you guys, go ahead and go ahead and talk about it, Neil. So, do you want to go through the plot or just talk about what what it, what it entails? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give a synopsis of the plot here in a second. So, kind of talk about the big things that it entails, right quick. But um, do you, you want to? Do you care about spoilers? Or, or you know, everyone's read it. But like, do you care about like <laughs> talking about the bombshell itself? Or yeah, let's talk about the big bombshell itself. Uh, yes, yeah, so, about everything that led up to it here in a second. So at the end of the issue, uh, there's a big bombshell drop that Peter was planning to propose to MJ before she left for LA for her big movie deal. Mm -hmm. And um, as someone who, as, as people who have been sat through one more day in the brand new day era. This was big because I don't think oh, yeah. anything like this had ever happened for Spider-Man in those 10-ish... Was it 11 at this point? 11-ish years. Yeah. 
Nothing, since, definitely not since, since the marriage was dissolved. This this was arguably one of the biggest implications for Spider-Man's relationship with MJ ever. Like since like yep. what, what issue was it that he proposed to her in in the pre one more day timeline? Was it um Well there was, it was twice. Yeah. So uh one like, eighty nine. Yeah, I think it's one eight two. 289. It's like two. Well, it's two nine. It was, it was ASM 289, and then I think it was 287. 289 is the uh, the Hobgoblin reveal. Oh so yeah. After that, and and then um, the other time I think was, I think in spec. The, I could be no, wrong on that. No, it was no. not in spec. So the both both proposals were done in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. In, in the Ross and Drew run, it was done. Um and she yeah, just Wolf, right Wolfman right. wrote it. The Wolfman wrote it, and I think Andrew drew it. Um, yep. and so basically they kind of um went through and she she kind of freaked out and then she kind of left the books for a while during the Wolfman run. Came yeah, that's back. He, that's when he brought in Black Cat to exactly mm-hmm. to kind of stoke those flames and of uh, passion and desire, right? But drama. I so suppose, by the way, yeah. Wolfman's run is so underrated in my opinion. I loved his run. I've actually heard the opposite from some people. Really? Well, it's because Len Wein before I thought was terrible. And yeah. then yeah, and then when Wolfman took over, I loved his uh t- issue two hundred with the burglar. That's a great issue. Mm. I heard I heard someone say that um like what after a- the after the bombshells that happened this month. That uh, as of this recording, that if if it doesn't if it doesn't pan out well, it could be just as bad as the Len as the Len Way and Run. Ooh, I'm, no I'm like, it's like that's a bit of an exaggeration. Listen, but, by the time that this comes out, the the kindred identity has been revealed. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're recording this, obviously we'll have more to talk about that in a future episode. But yeah, here's the here's the cover for AS in twenty nine. It was uh, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful cover. I love the lighting. I would. That. I love the lighting on it. I wish this actually would have been a poster of, of Otley's. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like they've they done, they done, they done a 24 by 36 of it. That would have been great. So yeah. so MJ, you know, has basically accepted a role in a big time movie. This is basically her exiting stage left to mm-hmm. star in her brand new Amazing Mary Jane series. And so Peter's kind of like he's saddened by her departure, but he's still but he's the one that really is like, I'm going to convince you to go. But he makes a, a fatal error by saying I'll be right back. <laughs> Never gonna end well. And then MJ even says, "Like you jinxed it, you idiot." Yeah, exactly. Not not those words exactly, but that's the. So basically, he's out swinging around, running an appointment, basically because his sister Teresa needs Spider-Man to help her search for her ex-boyfriend David, who is an agent of Shield. David has been kidnapped by the Chameleon, who extracts precious information from the man's mind by nearly killing him. Uh, Peter then loses the opportunity to ask. I think he. Did, I think he did die. Yeah, he actually did. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's a some of these some of these synopsises are are typoed. Music. Um, yeah. he, he dies. Days. He dies. Uh, Peter then talks to Aunt May, and they have a heart to heart. And basically, Aunt May is like, "You know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, get off crap or get off the pot." So out comes the ring, and there's Peter Parker holding the ring, sitting on the on the bed, all mopey because he didn't ask Mary Jane to marry him. <laughs> and so. And Spencer basically just blatantly references one more day by saying maybe some other day, maybe some other day. This is this is there's been several references to one more day 
throughout this run. I mean, there was that was a, the most that was the most blatant though. I don't know the the the, the panel on issue one where it's the zoom in on basically essentially Mary Jane's missing ring finger was pretty. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about in in dialogue, though. That's right. the no, that's right. the closest you've had, like to a direct reference. narration. Narration, exactly. technically, yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Real, Regardless, real quick, I, I want to talk about the art real quick. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So this issue was writ was drawn by Francesco Mana, who I, I wrote a review for this episode for this issue back when it first came out, and I kind of compared him to uh, Diet Stuart Eminem. Uh, in, the, in the same in the same way that Vic Bondanovic is like Diet Greg Capullo, um, mm -hmm. and that's not it's meant to be a slight because if the worst thing I can say about you is that you're discount uh, Stuart Eminem, then mm -hmm. you're on a good track. Uh, this guy is currently doing the uh, Rise of Ultraman miniseries that mm -hmm. Marvel is doing in collaboration with the people who own uh, Ultraman, mm -hmm. and he's. In, he he's drastically come into his own style since he's leaned he's turned more towards like a Pepe Larraz style of art than Stuart Eminem. Yeah. But with the revelation that uh, Otley has left the title, uh, big sad by the way. I'll miss yeah. him. We'll, we'll definitely be talking about that when we get to eight fifty. Yeah. Um. But if if they got Mana to come back on the title, I would totally be happy with this because sure. this was yeah. this was an, this was an exemplary issue for art. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that the way the lighting and everything was done on the artwork was really, really exceptionally well done. Uh, there have been some really great fill-in artists. I know that there is a desire to go back to maybe doing ASM once a month or maybe 18 issues a year instead of 24, but I really like the fact that they've got a pretty good bench to be able to pull out. Will you go talk to the dog? <laughs> you know, that's staying in really quickly neil certain there's some kind of squeak someone's squeaking that's on the desk, mic that's my desk chair i think if yeah okay i just i just didn't know if it was a microphone or what uh as far as this issue goes uh i think this issue is definitely oh sorry sorry um i think this issue is definitely a was a solid was a solid good introduction to I think having uh, a reintroduction to like the the marriage and and teasing that obviously they teased that in the first issue True. of the whole of Nick Spencer's run but this is really like hitting the head you know nail with the head whatever you want to call it whatever that phrase is yeah it's it, out it, there now it's out there and I think I think this issue is I, I like the art this, um, the art's solid it's it's not like I don't think groundbreaking I kind of want. Uh, I don't know. I mean, granted, a lot of people don't like Herbert Ramos anymore or don't like him. I'm not really love him either necessarily, but I don't know. I'm just used to him now. And uh, sure. this guy, this guy seems okay. I don't know. He, it, it's okay. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not, I don't think it's, it's great. It's just, it's solid, which is, it's not it a bad thing. Like I said, yeah, yeah. He, he's a I, looking on Francesco Mana's uh, record. He mainly seems to be like a fill-in artist for most people because like the last thing he did before Rise of Ultraman was an issue of Captain Marvel, and it mm -hmm. was a filler issue before uh, uh, Empire. But he mainly seems to be like you know the guy that you that you pull on when the chips are down and you need a guy to you know come and clutch last minute. I, I would like to see you know some of these are fill-in artists that we'll, we'll get like especially in, I think in the next episode um, <laughs> that maybe get more of a more of a chance to shine i know yeah. i know pat gleason obviously we'll be talking about him here in a minute but you know yeah obviously when we're recording this it was just announced that uh ryan otley had, has left the title uh with 850 and that was his last issue which was really a preview it's good um 
<laughs> so um, yeah, no, I but yeah, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a fairly good bench. I think they've done a pretty good job of of bringing in guys that don't completely take you out. Obviously, the big exception to me is Chris Bacallo, but I also think that by giving him his own title with nonstop Spider-Man, that mm -hmm. they're kind of, you know, giving him his own title because like thematically, like he is very much a sticks out like a sore thumb when he fills in for, for issues, at least with, with Ramos and uh, Manila here, there is some consistency there. It does, doesn't just completely art wise, take you out of the story. If that makes sense. No, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. No, I think this issue is a, uh, was a great issue. And I, I think, yeah. I think, what? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I missed the art apologist name by the way. So, uh, it'll, it'll no. be back someday. Excellent. Excellent. No, I, I think this is a good issue. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I, I want to talk, I want to really talk about like the marriage like, really bad, but I don't think it's time yet. <laughs> right. It's, it's weird, but I will it's say definitely something that's uh, that's on the back burner right now, especially yeah. and partially, I think that was done to, because of the scheduling, the the fact that the response to uh, Amazing Mary Jane was so high that it warranted more issues than the issues never came out because something happened in 2020 that we weren't expecting when these issues were coming out. Yeah, and and but, that can't, and that can't be placed on Marvel to carry the onus. Right. Yeah. Right. You can't. Yeah. You, yeah. You can't do that. No. I, I think that. No, I mean, you know, back in the day, I mean, Zach can, you know, vouch for this, obviously, is that, you know, you had Joe Quesada be like, well, we can't, we can't, we, we made the character. We've, we've done all this, and, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'm not a Quesada hater, like probably most of it, of that crew was or is or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure how mm -hmm. everyone feels about Joe Quesada here. I, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm like pro Quesada. I'm not anti Quesada. I think he's done sure. some good. He's done some bad. He's done some awesome in between. But that being said, I think I, I even then I knew, and then this is why I think I accepted Brandy Day back, you know, a little bit more than most people did, is I understood where they where they were at, at the time because they they wanted to have Spider-Man more relatable to for a more general audience. And I think mm -hmm. him being married, even though most people are married, it's just you want to keep him young. And it, what I, I I didn't necessarily always agree with it, but I understood why. Now with with the creation of Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy, Gwen, you know, Spider Gwen, and now think in, in a lot of it's hilarious because it seems like all those people who are upset about the uh, the marriage ending can thank probably into the Spider Verse and Miles Morales characters they probably didn't like for basically yeah. allowing Marvel to be like, hey, you know what? We can actually marry Peter Parker because we've already have a young <laughs> Spider Man. We have Miles Morales, and so real, real quick, Paul, you're blowing out your mic. Just oh my bad, um, and so the the thing is the thing is with with uh, with this is this is the the first in in in, in insinuating obviously with heavily now where they're going and I'm really excited and I think it's great and I think it's it, it especially with what's kindred and it, it, I keep thinking about issue 850 what happens so it's like what this issue does is pre like pretty much. It kind of to me sets up, I think, honestly, Kindred and a big, big plot thing for yeah. this whole series. So yeah, it's it's really exciting. This is an, this is this will look back as a very important issue for Spider Man, yeah. in my opinion. Sorry, can you hear me? I, I'm yes. my mic. Um, yes. 
Yeah. So no, I'll, I'll say this. This is definitely we're definitely getting into the real nitty gritty of year two of Spencer's run by this point. And, you know, unfortunately, we have to take a detour. Yeah. Let's go around. Let's do grades right quick, because since we sure. have so many issues we're covering tonight, um, what is everybody's grade on this issue? A plus. Yeah. A, yeah I'll, give, I'll give it an A. I like the art. Um, I don't really care about Teresa Parker, but uh, I, yeah, I'd, she say, kinda, I'd say this issue. She kind of came out of left field for this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, side note on something I didn't get to talk about earlier. I do like the use of Carly Cooper in this issue as like a gal pal slash foil for MJ. Yeah. And, uh, and also a nice continuity note that MJ has like a little sheet over her window that Peter broke into in ASM 23. Very good continuity note on, <laughs> on the artist's part. Which I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. very, very yeah. well done. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let's. If, I'm ready to move on to, to yeah. the next issue. Let's do that right quick. What, what's this? Can we do? Uh, and really quickly, why don't we just put it in chunks? Why don't we review it in chunks? Yeah. Like no, so. Yeah, I, I was gonna do the. I was gonna do the recap and, and everything like that. And, and yeah. So, let's just review it in chunks. So, so real yeah. quick, here here's uh, what you need to know about Absolute Carnage. Uh, Noel's the god of the symbiotes, and he wasn't coming. But after the after Absolute Carnage, he is now. Uh, he's still coming. <laughs> That's it. Still, a year later. A, a year later, he's still coming. A year later, yeah, he's still on his way. <laughs> but you can pick up the absolute carnage figure if you uh, go to your local toy, uh, local, uh, local like Walmart or Kmart or Target, and pick up the new carnage figure that's based off of this new absolute carnage design. Well, this is this is this is Norman Carnage, not this. Uh, this is yeah, this is Carnage. Yeah, no, this is Normie Carnage, absolute carnage tie-in, uh, but also probably one of the most important. Two of the most important issues in determining who is actually kindred. Oh yeah, that you'll you'll see. And so here we are. I'm gonna pick it up. It is both of issues are drawn drawn by Ryan Otley. Inker is Cliff Rathburn. Nick Spencer is the writer. Um, both issues thirty um, and thirty one. Colors are by Fair. Colors are by Fairburn by this point, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, synopsis. Two weeks ago, Kindred visits, has visited Ravencroft, killing Dr. Winhorst, who has been brainwashed and, believe he's, and believes he's a Mysterio, before making small talk with Norman Osborn. Meanwhile, yeah, small talk with Norman Osborn. Uh, meanwhile, in the present, Spider-Man is helping Normie Osborn and Dylan Brock escape Rick Strickland's warehouse in Manhattan. They are pursued by an iteration of Carnage that is, in fact, Norman Osborn, yet thinks he's Cletus Cassidy. Thank you, Dan Spahn. Anyway, Spider-Man is distracted by a fat <laughs> red goblin. Harry <laughs> Osborne's welcome home party before getting out of rehab, um, allowing Carnage to gain the upper hand. So basically, there's a series of flashbacks throughout this issue that go back to uh, when Harry was first coming home from the drug issues. I think this is issue 112, if I'm remembering and correctly. 105. 105. 105. Okay, so 105 was the issues that were definitely referenced here. And so clearly that is something that uh, is of, of importance in regards to Kindred's identity. There's also a, yeah. the conversation between him and Norman is, is definitely there. That jumps us to the next issue, issue 31, which uh, two part issue or two parts in this issue. A great cover by Ryan Otley. What a, what a just, great cover there's so much detail it, there's no negative space <laughs> i appreciate that a every lot. every bit of this <clears throat> space on this cover is used so absolute carnage diane issue 31 um all right so again using the synopsis 
Peter is saddened by an... Oh, wait, that's not the right one. <laughs> uh, so basically, this continues right where we left off, and most of this issue is Kindred talking with Norman mm-hmm. and talking about how he is... Um, you know, how even even still, he is... Like, he screams her name in the middle of the night. He, you know, I hate him, but he, he I, I don't hate him the way uh, that he hates you, you know, and, and it's just very, very um, foreshadowing of Kindred's character, definitely in this issue. Again, right. drawn, uh, written by Nick Spencer, drawn by, by Ryan Otley. Say, we say, getting feedback? Same. Yes, we were getting feedback. Okay, so do we want to just get into the thoughts since we kind of got the yes? Or did, did, did we, uh, let, Paul, let's go with you for. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. So with the with these two issues, I really liked. Um, I really like these issues because they, they focus on Kindred, and at this point, yeah. we hadn't really focused anything on Kindred, and so with all of that, I was. I, I was I was totally fine with it. I I read a little bit of the Absolute Carnage tie-ins. I'm not sure if you guys all did, but I did, and it was I dropped out after like two three issues. I knew that he was protecting Eddie's son and and yeah. Normie, but yeah, it was one of those things where I, I really liked the fact that Nick Spencer was able to still intertwine his kindred plots and everything, and not have to worry about. You know, at, le- at least from trying to tie into this big stupid uh, crossover, which again I I, I wanted to be into because I heard all these great things about the Carnage or excuse me Venom uh, series, and it was like eh, it's okay, it's, it's like a symbiote story. I, I will tell you, I was really let down. I was hoping we were going to get some movement on the Null yeah. stuff, and it just felt like it was spinning its wheels at this point. Yeah, it, it could have um, been easily compressed into like four issues. Yeah. yeah, it definitely didn't need to be a five issue arc with all these tie ins. That to me was not necessary. Um, and, if, and going off of what editorial or going off of what Donnie Kate said, apparently editorial wanted to make like what was supposed to be a Venom arc with Stegman on art into a whole event, which was dumb. Again, um, this is this is this is the sales mentality. It's probably the sales department. But what this really reminds me of. Speaking of sales departments. This reminds me of <laughs> the Clone Saga in, a, in, a, in one specific way. If you guys go back and read the um, Return of Kane arc in the Clone Saga, you'll notice that the, the sensational issue had very little to do with Kane. In fact, he's only in the issue like of the 22, is- 22 pages. He's in like four. Most of the issue is dealing with whatever plot at the time, which was mainly the Jessica Carradine plot that Dan Jurgens wanted to write. So Jurgens basically like delegated it down to the rest of the rest of the guys to to handle that Return of Kane arc, and you know kind of gave a few pages to kind of tie it in, and that was it. That to me, um, this makes so much sense. ASM did not need to ground to a halt. I thought this is the way you do an event where you have a tie-in where you don't have to read the rest of the event to understand what's going on. Right. They, they, they basically gave you the exposition recap page that you used to get all the time in, in, in comics. Mm-hmm. Very DeFalcon. That's a, that's a word that I am coining here on the Spidey experience <laughs> in the sense of 
the the mandate of every issue being somebody's first. So there's enough there that catches you up to what the situation is. And then you, you know, so you know why Spidey's got these two young kids. Okay, that makes sense. All right, Carnage, you know, crazy stuff with Carnage is going on. Okay, cool. Let's let then they he pivots you to the really, really important kindred stuff, which I get that some people are like, why do they have to do it in the middle of the event? Blah, blah, blah. No, it keeps it makes things sense. moving. It, it makes sense too with and, and uh, even, with Norman even, being Carnage. It kind of sets it up perfectly. Exactly. And even with and even without the event, you can just assume that like, oh, Carnage got out and he's on the prowl for yeah. Normie and this random kid who's see it's, Venom it's, for more details. It's in media res. <laughs> yeah, and just like go up. Oh, we lost Paul. I guess we're. No, I just I just went, I oh. just had to do something real fast. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, but I but I did I did appreciate how this did how this is arguably one of the best times to have I've seen the last couple of years. Agreed. Like. Usually, event books kind of gr- usually tie-ins grind of grind ongoings yeah. to a halt. Like if you've read uh, Miss Marvel, Civil War Two completely ground that book to a goddamn halt, <laughs> and it never regained its momentum. And I'm glad that it didn't happen to this book because I've been enjoying Spencer's run, and I'm and I'm glad that it didn't you know kill the book while it was going. Yeah, I mean, I just really appreciate the fact that they literally didn't because so many times and it felt like when you had event comics and especially like during the slot run, you know, they didn't really touch on it on major events at the times. And it was touched upon on a satellite book like A Friendly Neighborhood or like a, a Spectacular. So and even then you're like, oh, this is just the tie in. This is just the tie in. And it didn't really fit yeah. the re- overall narrative of what's going on in amazing spider-man and so i really really appreciated the fact that that spencer found a way to interweave his story within that context of that art and it not seem like it wasn't unimportant basically if you skipped these two issues you were missing out because yeah. this, this was some of the most important clues you would oh, yeah. have gotten in regards to who kindred is and and in retrospect, like now that we know who Kindred is, I'm not going to get too far into it. But this was the issue where everyone overthought everything. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then when and then when the big reveal came, and we don't know if it's like a fake out or not, right. people were like, "Oh, we overthought this. Now I'm mad because I put this much effort into it." When Spencer yeah. explicitly said, "Temper your expectations, guys." Yeah. yeah like, like I'm I'm building towards something, and and the yeah. thing is, is unlike Peter David, who got yanked off a title too soon. That's not happening with Nick Spencer. They're basically giving him carte blanche to, to build this epic out. And so that I really just appreciate that. So let's kind of go through. Do we want to kind of give I, I I'll say this. I did think. I don't know how we <laughs> want to approach this because I mean, is anyone getting some weird static? I'm not. Oh, is it me? Here, it might be. It's like a weird, like. I'm muted, so it's not me. Hang on. There we go. Okay, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're good. Um. Anyway, so the the all things being considered, I think at at the time I said on Spider-Man Crawl Space when I was part of the show, when I was part of that show, I said it's Harry. I mean that it, it's clearly Harry. And I thought, because mm-hmm. I had said even a little bit before this, 
I think it's very telling that Harry hasn't been around. He's pretty much the only character from the end of Sloth run that you haven't touched base on since. I mean, last time we saw Harry, we are dealing with the, with the Red Goblin arc, and Harry's going off onto his own little adventure. It does raise... Is, so this, to me, I felt like was the biggest hint. A lot of people overthought it. Adam? Now here we are. <laughs> here we are, but yes. uh, Adam, what do you think? Uh, call next. Well, okay, I like I like these two issues. Um, I like the art a lot. Otley's great. He he <laughs> he gets to be really brutal in these two issues. He gets to go back to he gets to yeah. go back to his invincible roots. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of blood and a lot of like you know, you know, tame violence. Um, uh, the kindred stuff is great. Um, and like like we're saying, these are like. Uh, these two issues are probably, you know, maybe the most important now in, in, you know, the reveal of who he is. Um, at least and, what we think he is. Let's, yeah. Well, let's, we, let's what we clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, what, what's cause you know, it, it, it could change, but, um, it's going to change. It's gonna <laughs> right now. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. And yeah, it's not, it, like, I didn't read Absolute Carnage. I had no interest. I'm not reading Venom. Um, but, you know, I, I, I picked these up because it's like, okay, kindred stuff. So and it's like, oh, yeah, this is really important. This is really good. And it's like there are all these, you know, clues now as to, like, who this guy might actually be um, that are, you know, presented to us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't, they're, they're, they're two good issues. Um that they still have, um, they're relevant. <laughs> they're definitely relevant now. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, since Paul had to run off, uh, Neil, <laughs> what are your thoughts? And then we'll go to, we'll round it out with Paul and we'll go from there. I think Adam kind of summed it up nicely that like, you know, great art by Otley, great steps on kind of putting us in the, in the direction of kindred. Um, there, it, it did a good job of not like trying, not having to like have absolute carnage accommodate for it. It just worked on its own and yeah. kind of happened to have tie into absolute carnage. Um, but yeah, Adam kind of summarized my thoughts on the issue fairly well. Like I, like he also said, this was kind of a chance for Otley to go back to his invincible roots and get really messy with the art. Mm -hmm. um, there was one negative I had, and it kind of felt like. Um, it might have been able to be done in one issue, but it might have just been a, it might it might have just been a scheduling thing. Like they had to, they had to do two issues to fill in the time for Absolute Carnage to wrap up. But they were both incredibly well done issues. I just think that like you know, there you you see it later where they're kind of building time for ASM eight fifty, right? And and they didn't need to have and, and listen. I accused Slot of of buying time during the tail end of his run. That is something that, to me, I feel like just write the issues and give some more meat to the skeleton because there's there is times where it like I'm sorry, we'll get into this the next arc because it's gonna be a a, a doozy <laughs> I feel like, but yeah, I I I got to give some criticism to trying to hit an arbitrary number right 
as opposed to just letting the stories organically flow. I'm sorry, yeah. but some of the most important elements of Spider-Man's history don't happen in a milestone issue. Yeah. They happen in a, in a random slice of life issue. And mm -hmm. I, so I have a bit of a problem with the sales department sitting there saying, well, we need to push out more books, you see, because, you know, we're, <laughs> sales are going down. Um, so if we oversaturate our market, then yeah. nothing can go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so, so as as much as that, I, I get that, that some of that's some of that's editorial, some of that is sales, and there is that push and pull that always happens. To me, trying to hit an arbitrary number, just just write the freaking stories. I don't care but, what numbered issue it is for a reveal. Let's just can, get but, to it. But considering that this, but considering that this issue, that you know, this one of the, of, of this episode that we're doing, this is the less egregious version of it by far. I'm not going to get like that upset about it. But you know, you can tell that like this this could have been told in one issue. But I'm fine with two. I, I will accept mm -hmm. it. We'll talk about twenty ninety nine later. I, I, I mean, they could have raised pissed the off. price a dollar or something and put this in in two things or something like that. I mean, one thing, right? Uh, I'd have been more pissed off if I didn't have two weeks between issues. I mean, right. let's be yeah. real. Uh, like, if it had been now, six months, and we'll get into that. I, and I will say this: we'll if get, there was just one, if it, if it was just once a month, I think that this probably just would have been one issue. I agree. Paul, you haven't got a chance to give your thoughts yet. I'm going to give you the floor, and then we'll move on to 2099. Um, no, I, I, I like these two issues, and I think that there's – I listen, we could argue all day long about this You know, this writer is extending this out for whatever. This is comic books, and it's it's if it's not a maxi-series or a mini-series, it's an ongoing series. Sure. Every writer is going to be guilty of this. I'm sorry. No, and, I, and I don't disagree. And, and that's the thing. Like, you – I'm not going to sit here and, and, and begrudge. This is all completely filler. Of course, it's, I mean, like a lot of it's filler. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, come on. I mean, but that, I think that to me is, I think the, and honestly is the ultimate, uh, uh, the hard, not hard thing. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? That's what makes a good comic book writer and on, ongoing writer is that when they can make these mundane issues fun, you know, right. or, no. or whatever, like he's, cause he's got to, he or she has to get to a certain point. That's kind of the, the crux of these ongoing series. And because of that, you have to be good to be able like, well, I have to do like a, a slice of life issue. Like you said, Zach, but the difference is back in the day, you know, I don't think you had the, the hype and the things like that. They didn't have those uh, abilities to hype those things up. They just had the direct market and right. that's all they had to you know, direct to, you know, but now they have the internet. They've got, there's a little more publicity. So there's a little bit more of an idea of building. And now, and also people are now ready because of trade paperbacks, things yeah. like that. So, so the, you can't really compare like the eighties to this because, for God's sakes, graphic novels were barely being sold back in the day. No, so, mm -hmm. right. so, so I, 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 I understand totally what you're saying because you're right. You could make this one issue double sized issue, but that's the key: double sized. You couldn't just do it 22 pages justice unless you want yeah. to do an all kindred issue. Now yeah. that would be different if it was an all kindred. Which again, that's essentially what it was: is, is just two issues spread out with kindred. Yeah. You know, with with the absolute or the whatever carnage tie-in, whatever the hell it's yeah. called, yeah, yeah. Absolute, carnage. <laughs> absolute garbage, whatever it is. Um, so uh, but, it's uh, not, listen, it's not maximum. It. It's not maximum garbage. I mean, carnage. Boom. Um, it's not minimum. It's not minimum. It's not minimum garbage. I mean, carnage. It's not Carnage USA. <laughs> it's not. Which was it? I like Carnage USA, by the way. I thought that was pretty solid. 
you you and Tyler can talk about that, but real real quick, as someone who as someone who liked Absolute Carnage, this should have just been a Venom arc. Like if they if they had just done like the Kindred stuff as yeah. like as like what because a lot of the first issue of this arc is spent recapping what happened in Secret Wars and Absolute Carnage. Yeah. So if if you took that away, honestly, but, you could have had you could have had an entire issue focused on Kindred. And now, and, now but, but go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll finish if you're done. But but like this this comes down to Spencer kind of getting overwritten by editorial or Niccolo or whoever runs the Venom part of the line and saying you're going to tie into Absolute Carnage uh, you're going to and you're going to like it. No, but 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 Neil, but here's here's the one thing, and and this is where I would say yes, everyone's right that this is it, it didn't need to have to happen. It could have been a Venom tie-in. The one thing you got to remember with especially with these ongoing series comic books, and I can speak from experience because I was a kid buying spider-man and zach we all were is that these issues are actually instrumental for us learning about the characters that have you know before we didn't have the internet now you can go on the internet and read everything right, 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 right. but but these issues are important because for readers who are just kind of jumping in like yeah. they're seeing the spider-man and the birth of venom for the yeah. first time through otley and through spencer and so mm-hmm. even though i agree like it, i think it's also important that they that this stuff kind of happens because you kind of learn like, you know, these, these new readers who, you know, and then they go, Oh, this is what happened. It's in secret wars. That's why you love those little editorial, you know, yeah. I have appreciated that they've been using the editorial boxes and, and they're, they're, especially throughout this run, the runner stern method. And, and I look, you, could you have done some things structurally? Could you, you'd put, you know, the minimum carnage stuff at the beginning of the first issue and then kind of bleed the kindred stuff into the next issue and then you know do a whole issue of kindred probably but that's that's very very minute and minor especially if you're reading this in trade paperback definitely it's not going to make it it's not gonna make a damn bit of difference but for those of us that pick up these issues week you know every other week or in the case of november this upcoming mo- uh next month well the, ne- the next two months the next two months is spider-man every week jesus yep. christ <laughs> i mean there is there's a new spider-man issue every single week so like, but, th- but think of it this way. Think of it this way. If it wasn't absolute garbage, it'd be in another like shocker. Like Spider-Man takes on a shocker, or Spider-Man takes on blah blah. Sure, yeah. blah. That, it, that, it, no, Paul, I don't. Dis- I don't disagree. You, sorry, Zach, were you saying something? No, I, I don't disagree. I, I think you and I are about to say the same thing. I don't disagree with that. I, I do understand. I mean, I remember reading the issues of Web of Spider-Man by Terry Kavanaugh that was the Infinity Crusade. You know, I. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> I remember the, the evil twins, right? With like, or not evil twins? It's uh, yeah, evil twins where he takes on like Sasquatch and Moon Knight, where he's yeah. like, yeah, oh, oh. yeah, but, but, oh. He, he but the like, goddess and the, that the, whole the thing. thing. The, the thing is, we have the we have the benefit of hindsight, and like, yeah. it's a bit easier to notice now. But like on their own, they are two very functional issues that are well written, well drawn. They. They pass every te- they pass every conceivable grading metric for a Spider-Man issue. All it's right, just that, like it's just that, like looking on in the grander scheme of things, they could have maybe trimmed it down a little. But right. we're gonna take what we can get and move on. Yes. Mm-hmm. All yes. right. Grade I, A. I, I, I think that's that's the overall grade for these two. Issues. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, the kindred it, stuff is that good. It's, it's yeah. the kindred stuff. And, it's interesting. It it keeps it, yeah. it keeps you wanting it, it. It uh the mystery is still ongoing, and you're like, oh, you want more of this? Who is this guy? Like, you know, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So and one right. last one, one last thing. One last really quick thing. I think you guys said it in the crawl space back in the day. 
it's great the fact he was able to use the old comic dialogue and panels from back in the day, like with Otley, mm-hmm. like using right. all that, yeah. all that stuff. That that yeah. was great. That was I'm, fantastic. Oh, the the right. flashbacks I, I feel like yeah. are are important in some some manner as to what's going on with Kindred. And they wouldn't be there if they weren't. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think that the, the, the fact that they were, it's very deliberate and how that's framed and everything like that. So I'm really, really excited. And it's been a good thing going back and doing these, these books because um, it, I, I'm catching things that I didn't necessarily catch now that we're, we're getting to at least an apex of that story. Mm-hmm. All right. We're, <laughs> You might take the rain on this one. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to take the rain on this one because I'm, I, I just, this is the story that I was like, damn it, Nick. Why? Yeah. Just why? All right. Spire, Amazing Spider-Man number 32 uh, has a great, co- this is the cover by our brand new ongoing artist, uh, Pat Gleason. Neil, in as simplest terms as you can, <laughs> give me, give me the uh just just let's let's rock and roll okay the future broke uh miguel's back that's it that's the story <laughs> that's the 2099 event <laughs> <laughs> but uh M- miguel o'hara came miguel o'hara came back uh the future broke and he's you know having like schizophrenia because time broke and he's kind of freaking out but he escapes a roxon facility uh and tries to go after peter parker Meanwhile, Peter's at ESU, but gets called away by Teresa to spy on Chameleon, who Teresa has a vendetta against, as Joel recalled earlier, because she he killed her boy toy. And they come up, they come across an exchange with the foreigner. They fight each other, and then Peter gets attacked by a silver sable, who was revealed to be an LMD, and the real sable was heavily injured during her fight with the rhino and ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean, meanwhile, uh, Countess Karkov, if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, um, she performs a hit on Doctor Doom while he's at the UN with you know, with D-list villain Hitman, which I very yeah. much appreciated, by the way. And um, basically, Doom, P- Miguel, and Peter kind of intersect after Peter kind of tones down the crowd by saying Doombot, and uh, time freezes, and then Doctor Doom begins taking over the world. Uh, do you want to yeah. do you want to go over? Do you want to stop there because then it goes into the twenty nine events, or do you want me to keep going there? Uh, let me just stop there. I just want to point out uh, the awesomeness of the fact that we have the two. Those covers are gorgeous. I would have like, taken those as posters, like almost exact same posters. But you got six one six, and then twenty ninety nine universe. There you go. Almost the exact same pose, except obviously we they got are. They are the exact same poses except for the hands. The flipping right. motion there, and yeah. then uh, the you know the claws there, but yeah, great great mm-hmm. posters uh, for those. So yeah, uh, this uh, yeah, <laughs> so, this is a hard one. <laughs> I have I have words about this. Do you want you want to go through the rest, or do you want to just focus on these three issues because they're Gleason and they don't really tie into the main event? Yeah, let's just yeah. I, I obviously it then leads to this issue. I'll pull the cover up right quick. Here's here's you know Victor Von. I love I love this cover too. Like the Gleason covers have been great. This is a great cover. I agree. You're, yeah. you're you're super biased. I I have some problems. <laughs> with Gleason. I have problems with Gleason's eyes on Spider Man. That's just me. I just feel Why like you like the big eyes. <laughs> I like big eyes, but I also like them proportioned. 
differently. How is that different than anyone else who drew big eyes? I don't I understand. Know, it's, it's, I, I don't think it's much different from Bagley, to be honest. It's not at all. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was just little things in his. I remember like when I was when I was reading these, I was like, oh yeah, I remember I had some minor complaints about art. But also, I think he's also. I feel like he's finding his groove much more now. This, this was growing pains, I think. Like you know, yeah. he, he. This was like just after he signed on to Marvel, and they put him on Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. They're like, okay, get to work. And um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Marvel, because Marvel, a bunch of slave drivers. Um, <laughs> but I think for 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 the first for his first work at Marvel, this was good work. Um, yeah. You know, I, like you said, he definitely improved going into ASM fifty. I'll probably take the lead on that too because that those are his issues. But you know, I, I think that um, I'm, I'm glad he's one of the rotating main artists. He has a very good way of of uh, drawing in sound effects on paneling, and I think Matt Wilson. Matt, I think the problem is Matt Wilson's coloring because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. The mm -hmm. li the lighting is just very weird. Um, I think yeah, Edward Edgar Delgado is a much better fit for Gleason than uh, Matt Wilson. Especially if you've read uh, Superman, the Rebirth Superman run that Gleason does art for, he definitely does better with Alejandro, like someone like Alejandro Sanchez. Mm -hmm. um, I think plot-wise, it, it hurt a lot from having to deal with. Uh, it should have just focused on the Twenty Nine stuff. I do like I I do like the Silver Sable Foreigner stuff and how it ties into later issues that we'll talk about in the next episode. I think, but think it so, definitely yeah. but it definitely suffered from having to focus on that instead of the 2099 stuff, which is infinitely more interesting, but also insanely more complicated because they, you know had, structured, because they had structured an entire event around time travel, and time travel inherently in fiction is never easy to write. So Spencer wrote himself into a corner. I, I would actually, For me, I actually liked the Silver Sable stuff. It was nice to get her back because... Yeah. Again, going back, I keep going back to Nick Spencer's been doing this whole series, which is just taking continuity mm -hmm. and and and, this, and and instead of being saying how do I ignore continuity, how do I embrace continuity, make it make it stronger. He took yeah. all these different elements of uh, that slot had had done, and again, and bring slot into it. But and and let's say again, I'll bring in Teresa Parker. Some that yeah. Chip Zdarsky brought in, which a lot of people complained about. Oh, Peter Parker was scissor, and I was partially one of them. I, I'm always. It's weird because with 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 Spider Man, I for whatever reason I'm always a little more willing to let things at least show me if they can work, and I'll I'll see if I can accept it. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say no or yes. It's kind of let me see where you take it, and. Because with comic books, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't, but, the first, wasn't the first, first time that there was a sister, but yep. you know, it, this was prose. But it actually was in continuity. Technically, it was considered. Yeah, prose can lick my balls. Anyway, oh, um, God. Uh, no. uh, sorry, I'm not. I'm not a pro. What's wrong with the written word there, Paul? Because uh, I need you're panels. I need pictures. For whatever reason, I. I, I I just don't like Marvel embarking in like in prose. I've never liked it. I've never thought. I just thought it was weird. It's still weird to me. I don't like it. Um, I, okay, I will say this: there there is there is good and there is bad. Okay, don't misunderstand because I've read several of the prose novels. Spider Man is meant to be a comic book, not a, not a novel. It can work as a novel, 
but it's a comic book. Anyway, but, what I'm trying to say is that you have Teresa, and to be honest, this is a great. This whole next three issues are a great example of Nick really taking continuity and making it stronger. I loved everything he did. I love the fact he brought in the foreigner. The foreigner. I mean, he hasn't been around him right. forever. Yeah, and I thought the foreigner was dead. And truthfully, yeah, I'm like, exactly. I mean, I forgot he even existed. I'm like, oh yeah, the foreigner <laughs> got out the purple pants. Um, <laughs> and you know, the, with and I knew him and Sable had a connection. Then you brought yeah. back Silver Sable, which Dan Slott again killed, which it was always a bummer. I never liked the fact he killed off Silver Sable. But he brought her back in the got in Norman story in, in ASM twenty five. But didn't he? But, but but didn't she was a clone? Wasn't she, not, was she a clone? Was that what they, happened? They, well, they they implied it was just the real thing, but in this issue, but in this arc, they revealed she was an LMD. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but my my point is this: is that he he. But then the whole the whole reason that she comes back and she's reintroduced with a foreigner is that they're they bring the infinity formula, which again is something that Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan take and keep them young, and they have this whole now subplot of with Silver Sable that she needs to keep getting a steady dose of it in order to get heal from it. Mm-hmm. And I love the things that he sets up with it because Silver Sable's always been one of those characters to me that is it, she's. She's a great character, but no one has been able to get her through, like break through the mess of, oh, you're you're just a, a Spider-Man, you know, sub you know, side character or whatever, and 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 that's really hard to do. I mean, these these supporting characters like Silver Sable, it's so hard to get them past it. You know, Wild Pack back in the '90s, you know. Oh, that dude, was- listen, listen. I I enjoyed the Stephen Butler drawn Silver Sable series. Like, I thought he was one of the definitive artists of civil of silver sable just because he drew her. I mean, I mean, that was one of his definitive runs, a great artist to follow on, on, on social medias, by the way. Um, so real quick, Oh, I don't, I just need to get back on topic because we're going to get, yeah, yeah, we got, we got three more issues left. Um, but I'm talking about all three issues because this is is the whole thing is whole arc. I'm talking about all three. So I'm talking about, yeah, no, no, I know. But like if, if they just advertise this as, the foreigner silver sable arc i wouldn't have as big of a problem but like they made a really big deal out of bringing mm. back the 2099 stuff and until the battle dua issues or is it the basal dua yeah I don't, something like that but but it, but until those issues that's like on the back burner and i and, I, and right. frankly if they had focused on like the social political stuff with like dr doom and silver sable and like countess karkov it wouldn't be this egregious to me but they really advertised the crap out of 2099 and i yeah. kind of expected more on delivery that didn't tie into an event well he was i mean to be fair he was in it i mean he wasn't in it completely but he was in the story like he's in like he's in like the especially the last issue if i'm not mistaken i just read it the other day I reread it the other day and i, I forgot because i forgot silver sable's even in these books to be quite honest i'm like oh yeah i forgot she's in this and the, the, the problem is that he bookends each issue except for yeah that's three, a good point yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of like you know i understand like he's there but it's sort of like the jackal in like the stuff leading up to clone conspiracy where he's just like, he had to bring that like up. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing that up for a reason because I, I, I know, I know because he, I know, I know that I can see Zach straining to not like shit his pants. Even me. Having had the gastrointestinal issues I've had this oh, week, man. that's not a hard thing to do. But, um, 
shit, where was I? <laughs> oh. You were talking about how the fact of these three issues, they don't, they're, they're focused on, they were bookended with, with the 2099 stuff, and if they were to focus on the political aspect... Like if they if they've been advertised as they yes. were written, right. I would yeah. I would say this is pretty good stuff. But I was promised twenty ninety nine, and, and I got get it. and and I get uh, it's not really, it, it's not really that important to the plot. Like he's just right. kind of it like sets up the it sets, it sets up, up the stuff. The, it sets up the Jonah. It sets up the clairvoyant thing, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and it's like oh, okay, now I can power this thing and like try to stop Doom. But yeah, it's like he it's a glorified cameo in this thing. It's funny how like even in the recaps for like the first couple issues of this, it's like Spider-Man 2099 is in the present, but Peter doesn't know that at all. <laughs> and then like they only meet for like two pages, maybe yeah. three. And yeah, that, that they, was disappointing to me. Because yeah, he's like he's like I got to find Peter and he finds him and then, and then basically he, like and then, he, and then he fucking gets Infinity Ward. Yeah, it's like a handshake and that's it. Like <laughs> Peter, I don't feel so good. Yeah. Oh, honestly, this was the one arc that I felt like was a absolute. This seems skippable to me. It it wasn't like it wasn't even like awful. Like if again, it's it's, it's, it's it's solid. I think it's solid. solid. Um, Okay. Even Paul will admit when Slot missed the mark, like in Clone Conspiracy, it really missed the mark. Here it misses the mark, but it's like it's, it's still a C plus story. It's, oh, it's still a C. It's B minus in my yeah, opinion. I was going to say like I, and, I, and, I, and I, I, was, I was being I was being a little harsh when I said C plus, but that's that's my point. It's like with slot, it was such a realm of extremes uh-huh. versus with Spencer at least in this specific instance. This is a B plus or, or B minus arc. You know, I'm not look. I, I barely missed the mark on 2099. I was just not quite old enough to read 2099. So mm-hmm. like 2099, everybody talks to me, you're the 90s guy. I love 90s <laughs> Spider-Man. I've re- went back and reread a good chunk of 2099. I enjoy you, it because... You've, you've written essays worth of material on on the Clone Saga. So. Uh, yeah, clone, like Clone Saga and... and I haven't done much post Clone Saga, but stay tuned. Um, but definitely wow. one of those things. It's just yeah. I, I look. I've always been the Clone Saga apologist slash realist, and so twenty ninety nine was always a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I'm not as like it's like Midnight Suns for me. Too like, <laughs> damn deep cut, son. Uh, you know that era of the nineties. I don't have that knowledge to well draw from. I appreciate Midnight Suns, like when they crossed over with Spider-Man, the times that they did. Uh, I, the I ones think, in Web of? Well, I mean, <laughs> like that, but I also think, you know, like Morbius and Maximum Carnage and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like He I, doesn't count. He was part of the Midnight Suns. He was wearing I mean, well, he's, but, he's more, but he's also a Spider-Man character. But he was I a mean, Midnight Sun. But, but, but they also spun him off pretty sort of successfully. No, the, yeah. and, it, and you're, I mean, listen, it's his Zach. Remember, I, I grew up in the 90s too. And actually, I got, um, I bought Spider Man 2099, the first issue. Right. The first three issues I, I picked up and I read. And I'll tell you right now, as a hardcore Spider Man fan back in the day, it was not something I connected with because I just, it just didn't feel like Spider Man. I didn't really right. know 
what I did, it just didn't, to be quite honest, it didn't really have a lot of 2099 Spider-Man in, uh, Spider-Man in it that much. It was a lot of talking. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is not interesting as, as a kid. And it, maybe it's better now. I actually have most in physical uh, comics for when I collected physical comics, I have most of the, the run now collected. Um, I've always meant to go read it, but because I've always heard it's pretty solid. And, but I remember as a kid, I just didn't like it as much because I didn't yeah. like people talking as long as, as long as well as long as yeah and you gotta you gotta also gotta realize peter david at the time was also writing television he was doing comics television and novels all at the same time yeah. still is, uh, it's yeah, awesome. still is. I mean, considering the man has had multiple strokes in recent memory and still is able to you know function and be able to be as prolific as he is um it's just utterly impressive and yeah. have, a, have a active social media presence and you know, I, I so I, I he is very much a guy that I feel like writes twenty hour you know twenty hours a day, sleeps for four, <laughs> you know, and that's just that's just him. He's a workaholic. And and, and listen, I I think and like you, Zach, I I don't I'm not super invested in the twenty nine nine character. I think he's got an amazing looking costume. Oh, I yeah. think he, he's he's a I think he's an uh, an important part of the Spider Man mythos. Um, I just don't connect with the character. So the fact that he wasn't in this that much, I I, I didn't care. Because I'm a big Doctor Doom fan. I'm a huge Doctor Doom fan. He's probably my favorite oh, that, villain that, in that, all the Marvel Universe. That new series is oh, so, so good. good. It's <laughs> so good. Um, before, we, before we derail too much on that, I, and again, going back to Nick Spencer, I, what I loved about the series is, is the fact that, one, that it, it wasn't felt like I, we were being force-fed this, you know, 2099 crossover, which was nice sure. after, yeah. you know, the absolute carnage thing. We then have the Doom, because I, I know Doom 2099 plays a big part into this whole 2099 thing. And that yeah. definitely was a part of it with, with having Doom in the series as well. Oh, that's great. I have that figure. I haven't taken it out of the box yet. Oh, um, so good. The detail is great. Uh, um, I definitely recommend also getting uh, going breaking down and getting the uh, the re-release because if you oh, like yeah. that old figure from the 90s like the one that had like the stretch out arm or whatever mm-hmm. it's got the old school uh, 90s fantastic four packaging from the 90s cartoon oh cool and it's got actually a few more accessories that this one didn't have oh um but yeah th- wrapping up my my thoughts on these these three issues uh Again, I like I like the fact that Spencer was able to use his continuity, bring in all these different aspects. To me, I really liked Teresa Parker in this in this series. I thought she was used perfectly. I love I love when he said to her, like, you know, do I have to tell you not to kill people? <laughs> Remember, <laughs> like, I love that. Like the fact right. that like there's. They're setting up the he's at least in my opinion, and again, I have I don't remember every word for word Zadarsky stuff, but I remember I just like the fact that Teresa is different than Peter. They're they are not the same people just because they are biologically related. They are very different, and it's very Ben Riley esque in the sense that they are definitely built from their life experiences. Which is she's a spy, reality, right? He, yeah. yeah, exactly. She's a spy. He's not. Look, Teresa Parker is one of those that I'm like. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, to be, just I'm starting to warm to her more. Absolutely, Spencer's taken over. Like, look, I wasn't, I was not a Carly Cooper fan, and I have really enjoyed how he's used Carly Cooper in the Spidey universe mythos. Like, again, I, you can't, you I, can't take points off simply for the character being there. That's a reductionist. Right. And I remember, look, um, 
I'm, I'm not going to get too far in the weeds with the crawl space stuff, but I remember when Kevin, my good buddy, was writing his webcomic, he brought Carly Cooper as a supporting character and, and kind of gave her that role of Mary Jane and them being friends. And I enjoyed that aspect because, like, Mary Jane finally has somebody that she can, after Peter goes and talks shop, she can kind of can kind of unload her worries. I, I yeah. did something I did something similar with my friend neighborhood comic where she yeah. where she and Peter are close friends both in the mask and out of the mask. So there there, there is there is always potential. There, there's to me I've always said there's no bad characters. There's bad people that can't write those characters and just get a new a new writer on there and and they may be able to do things that you never thought were possible. And and I'm gonna say a couple. I'm gonna say two more things. One's gonna be controversial, which I'm sure everyone will probably groan at. Uh-oh. Which is fine. I don't care, because I'm punk rock. I don't care about that crap. Here so here's the deal. <laughs> I think Tree- I love Teresa Parker's like falcon wings. I think they should hop yeah. a mask on her, make her a falcon character, straight up. Like I think she's a solid, solid character. Like a precursor uh, to Raptor, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to call her. Um, you know, I I think that she deserves like this, and having her part of that of the Spider-Man supporting characters, like a, you know, a side hero would be yeah. really, really cool. So, and they're already get out of the wings, put a mask on. I'm a big cop. If you, for those who don't know me well, I'm big into costumes to me. That's why I read superhero comics. I don't read superhero oh, comics yeah. for superhero <laughs> powers. I'm a costume guy. Give me a oh, costume. Yeah. Yeah. So Teresa's literally just one mask away from <laughs> having, being a superhero. And I think, but I, I love the difference between her and Peter and I thought that Nick did a great job writing her. So I, I'm all about having more Teresa Parker. And, and I'm, I'm actually pro-sister now. Like I, before I was a kind of indifferent. Now I'm 100, after this, these issues, pro-Teresa Parker. Last thing is, uh, there is a small nod to a Spider-Man uh, a, uh, comic book from the 90s, of all things. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone? No, I don't. But I, as soon as you that, say it. As soon as you say it, I'm going to be mad because I'm going to be like, oh. It, it's a deep. We're talking about. You want to talk about deep cuts, homies? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the ultimate deep cut. I thought, well, I thought there's a funny joke in here where they're like, weren't you a TA in the 80s or something? That's a good, that is great. It's like, yes, I he was. Actually. I laughed out loud at that because I was like, way to sit there and make the joke about him being a TA, but it actually being true if you go yeah. back and read those. Well, and, and not only that, but it was a brilliant way to say, yeah, he was a TA, but in, it might have been in the 80s, but obviously as a shifting timeline for Marvel, because right. he makes a comment like, well, it's not, I'm not that old. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, that's so genius. Well, God, I, and, I, and I did like the way where Peter kind of goes... <sighs> It wasn't in the eighties, yeah, And like it kind of bombed. It doesn't kind of look like it, it's not like in the slot era where he would look like an idiot for saying it, but it like he kind of obviously bombs on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's, but, like, he's like, oh, that would have been way better if I was wearing the mask. <laughs> yeah, right. so, but but I did enjoy that. Like you know, even though Peter is on his like his back foot, like I I like that Peter in this book is reactive, but not yeah. like so reactive that like he's fifty steps behind the bad guy's grand Keikaku. The character yeah. is still driving the plot, not the plot driving the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I really appreciate. Yes, obviously there is an overarching plot that is affecting the character. That's yeah. a little different than the plot driving the driving the story. And so, what is the deep cut, Paul? Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the exact page because it's like a. 
Hold on, I'm gonna find it. It's it's in it's not in the Gleason issues. It's in the the, the other Basalgia, the Basalgia issues. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to find exactly what page it was, but oh, also we should, I'm gonna recap the plot of those issues. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, do it. I'll find it while you do that. Uh, ASM yeah. 35 and 36. Spencer's writing, Basalgia's drawing, and then who's the colorist? Abertov. Yep. Um, so basically Peter gets P Peter and Teresa keep getting destroyed over and over again by Doctor Doom, but Peter gets pulled <laughs> into the time stream. By Lila, right? Or, yeah, yeah, Lila. Yeah, Lila, Lila get because Miguel time exploding uh, gave power up to clairvoyant, and now Peter can predict or can go into different timelines, and you know, basically Minority Report his way through the mm -hmm. future. And they bring that up in another issue. And I will say that, like, I do like how they kind of address Civil War II in that regard, and then go, <laughs> "What the fuck ever," and <laughs> then um, he basically convinces Doctor Doom to stay. I'm sorry. I gotta bleep that, that out. <laughs> uh, well, it's not like you're not gonna go through it anyways. Yeah, no. But um, Peter basically Peter basically uh, outmaneuvers Doctor Doom, and I think he hands over. He doesn't hand over Chameleon, but um, basically he he. I think Teresa takes Chameleon into custody, right? But he yeah, basically yeah. but he basically talks Doctor Doom out of yep. destroying the city, and then he Peter gets trashed by Doom. And then Miguel wakes up on an island. I think it's in like the Caribbean, but he finds, Possibly. but he finds Tempest and his unborn child, or his born and his now born child in that <laughs> island. So that Miguel gets happy ever and happy ever after. And the main twenty ninety nine timeline that was before the reset in Superior Spider Man, I think that gets restored. And then Peter ends up with the with the device mm -hmm. fully powered. Yeah, and then Countess Karkov basically visits Silver Sable in the hospital and makes some threats. But Doctor Doom. Yeah. All right, so here's the deep cut. All right, so I think it's issue. The last issue of this arc is issue twenty-seven, correct? Yeah, thirty-six. Thirty-six. Okay, page twelve of thirty-six, the last panel. Why don't you look at that panel for me? Where Peter's running away from Doctor Doom. Yeah, that is a direct. Uh, homage to Eric Larson's Doctor oh, Doom, Amazing Spider-Man 350. Yeah. Mm. And the reason why I know that is because that's one of my favorite comics of all of Spider-Man ever. Because it's Doctor Doom versus Spider-Man, and Doctor Doom just wipes the floor with Spider-Man the entire time. If you look at issue 350, page 10, top panel. Bam! Can't really see it very well right here. I, I do think that um, I'm not sure if it was an homage or just they knew it was an easy to because a lot of this art looks traced. Like it's no. not like it's not like Greg Land noticeable, but like there's a really there's some really weird anatomy choices, and it looks like it was copied from different panel from different. Th books. This is not traced, I don't believe, because because one thing, if you look at Doctor Doom, is freaking. This is I blew it up, but his Doctor Doom looks like he's fucking like been pumping iron for like forty years straight, and uh, his, his that guy's Doctor Doom is like super scrawny. I'm, I'm so, not saying I'm not saying like you know they trace the book. Like, I know what you mean. It's, like, it's a swipe. It's a swipe. But it's a but to me it's everything is it's it's a because it's Doctor Doom and Spider Man. To me, it's more of an homage because. Right. It, it just it look, that's it, it's obvious to me. I don't because I never looked at anything like this and said, "Oh, he's obviously ripping things off." There's a lot, maybe some homages in it, but I don't think it's a straight up like I need a quick Spider-Man panel with Doctor Doom. I think this is probably something that, like me, 
he probably loved this issue of Spider-Man. Was like, oh, I'll make a you know little homage thing to it. But that's I couldn't believe it because I love I love that comic so much. And when I was reading this issue back when I first read it, I was blown away. I'm like, oh, it's the same panel. So anyway, massive deep cut for the Spider-Man fans if you haven't so, noticed. So I think looking at it like now that we've kind of gone through the whole arc. The biggest problem with this arc is that it serves as a setup for different storylines. Because you got the clairvoyant stuff, mm-hmm. you've got the silver sable foreigner stuff, chameleon. You've got, yeah, you've got chameleon. It basically feels like just one big setup arc. And I get that probably wasn't the point. Like it was supposed to be. I feel like editorial stepped in here too. Like Spencer wanted to do like a twenty ninety nine story to celebrate you know eighty years of Marvel. Because I think it was also mm-hmm. it was also an anniversary for twenty ninety nine if I'm correct. Right. Well, because it was like it was like, oh, twenty ninety nine is going to be eighty years from now, and it's also Marvel's eightieth anniversary. Oh, it's yeah, that, right, that was the- right at the midpoint of like Marvel's eightieth anniversary in eighty years. Yeah, which is yeah. really kind of a cool sym- yeah. symmetrical thing yeah. because I mean, clearly uh, the 30th anniversary issue of Amazing Spider Man is when they did the the preview, uh, like the first six pages of tw- Marvel of Spidey twenty ninety nine. So, like, obviously, it was, you know, a, a very big era of Spider-Man. Um, the 30th anniversary was a big deal. They made it into a big deal in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I So, I'm going to, like I said earlier, these are these are C-plus for me, all of them. I'm willing to be generous. I'm going to give them a B-minus. Gleason kind of carries the grade for me. It it would have been a C, like a flat C, but Gleason really steps up. Like I know, I know that like it's not his best since coming onto Marvel, right? But he definitely carried his he he carried his weight at the very least. Right, he does good. He does good work. It's like you said, growing pains, but it's it's good. It's it's good. No, I I don't disagree. So it's better. It is better than the Basil Dua stuff, I think, because like, and even even some of that Basil Dua stuff, it's like. There it's are not times even, where it's not even horrible. Like there's there's some not, really it's, weak it's panels, not, but like yeah. it's well there there are also some panels where like he doesn't finish Spider-Man's webbing. Like he ha- he'll have like you know the vertical lines, but he won't do the little webs. And it's like in fairness, that's called a rush job. In fairness, that's something. In fairness, that's something Otley does. So yeah. it's all not artists do stuff like that. Though. Well, well, no, but all, no, but I, no, but I mean like uh, I'm not I'm talking about, about like I'm not talking about complete absence of webbing. I'm talking about like yeah yeah did half of it. Yeah, like that, he did the lines, but he uh, didn't do yeah. the like curved, you know, yeah, scalloped that's, webbing that's definitely, part. That's definitely a deadline issue too. Trying yeah. to get these, and, like, and I, let's be also be fair. Spencer was writing extra books yeah. to build up to this twenty ninety nine event. He wrote the he wrote, like he wrote the twenty ninety nine issue, and then he the did Spider-Man the Alpha, the Spidey twenty ninety nine issue, and he also wrote the Alpha and Omega issues of the of the event. So like. Yeah, clearly he was pressed for time. Uh, again, that's why I gave it the the C plus grade because it does feel very much like a haphazard event comic done to kind of push out to either first quarter fiscal year of of uh, of of twenty twenty or it's you know trying to do an, a big event at the end of you know fourth quarter twenty nineteen. So. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things. Next, next time we're gonna we're gonna get into the next year, and then in fact, we get the first mention in the solicitations with this issue with Otley 
of um, Last Remains. And so the buildup towards Last Remains begins with issue 37. We are, as of this recording, uh, getting very, very, very close to, um, I think we're what, two or three trades away? We're, we're at volume five or six right now? Volume we, five just, we, just, we, just, we, just class, we just closed up volume seven. So, so we got next- volume eight and volume nine are the ones, volume nine is the one that's just been released. Yeah, and then, vol- and then volume ten is Sins of Roman Osborne in forty nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, yeah, those those those, like the last remains prelude, and I think Sins of Norman Osborne are both that we're going to have to cover because they're just so integral to the plot. But yeah, we'll definitely we're definitely at the at the stage where we're getting very close to doing these live. So I'm. Mm-hmm. Going to be releasing these in a probably a much quicker manner than I anticipated because it was just going to be weekly, um, but we've got enough of a buffer now that I feel like we're 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 in good shape. Um, so yeah, we're really really excited. I'm I'm excited to be covering. Look, Gog. I got a lot to say about Gog. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Gog, damn it, and the amount of puns. <laughs> That's, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna have words to say not about not about people but like how people treated the Gog arc. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have words. That's that. yeah, me too. Um, because I think there was a lot of unfairness towards Spencer. I think there was a lot of unfairness towards the situation. Um, nobody anticipated that we'd be in a in a pandemic in 2020 mm-hmm. that literally shut the entire not just the U.S. but the entire world down. Uh, for a period of time and the um, impact that that ultimately had. I mean, I'll be, let's be frank, amazing. Mary Jane got an extension. I want to talk about having and then, to do stuff on the fly. And then, 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 then got in midway, like in the first issue of its second arc. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and got canceled because basically they were having to cut costs and it just didn't make any sense because. And, and, if, more, and, if, and if Muhammad, and if Muhammad, what Muhammad told me is correct, when Stacy's also dead too, because the trade order got canceled that he set for it. Look, and, and that actually was a really good um, miniseries. I thought that was very well done by Christos Gage. Great, great artwork by by Todd Nock. Um, uh, I listen. I would love to see Todd Nock do some amazing Spider-Man and be oh, part, yeah. of, part of the rotating cast of of artists. I think he's I think he's bad. earned that by now. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's one of those that he's done. He's done ancillary titles. Uh, he's, he's had it. He's slammed. He's kind of had it. Kind Put of, me on ASL. <laughs> no, no, he's kind of like this generation's John Romita Jr. In that, if you recall, like especially '90s Romita, you know, he was always on Adjective of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, whatever you want to call it. And then, and then he finally gets mm-hmm. put promoted to the main book, you know, with Mackie when around issue twenty, when you know Jenkins and Buckingham show up for uh, taking over Peter Parker. And, you know, then Ramita is like, oh yeah, he's back on Amazing Spider-Man and he just hits his stride eventually when he gets to JMS. Mm-hmm. Well, and- unlike unlike JRJR though, uh, Todd Knox's arc has gotten, be- art has gotten better as he's gotten older. That's true. <laughs> I look, the moment he left, look, when he left Marvel and after his Avengers arc with uh, Bendis, I... I, I don't know what happened to Klaus Jansen, but the inking was so atrocious. No, his pencils are his. Like if you look his at the pencil, art for, if, his pencils are equally as bad. Like if you look at the, like yeah, Avengers, 
it's 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 hard to look at. Like I don't. But then you look at Kick Ass. But then you go look at Kick Ass, and and it was a lot tighter. And Kick Ass, yeah, Kick Ass was his, his last, at least the first the first volume. I I dropped that for the second or third. I forgot. Yeah, I, I did yeah. not. I like the first volume of Kick Ass, but that first volume was solid. It's a, yeah. it's really yeah. really good. I but thought. Like it's it's weird because like once once he went to DC and did uh what was it All Star Batman with yeah. Scott Snyder he felt a lot cleaner in terms of like his line art. And then he did silencer with, I think Jim Lee, Dan Abnett, I think was the guy who wrote it. Yeah. But like, it felt like he had much greater artistic control. And oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And, and therefore a lot less like, you know, Bendis tends to write it very decompressed. And I think that's something that has something to do with how the art comes oh, out. I, I don't disagree. Whereas I, I feel like Ramita worked better on a full script. Whereas so like the Marvel method. Yeah. He wasn't one of those. Cause I mean, think about it. You got a guy like Roger Stern who can turn out a, a script in a day and, you know, or, or in a week and have it ready to go. You know, that's how he came, cut his teeth through the industry. Same thing with, with Howard Mackey. And they all wrote full scripts. Whereas Bendis did not write full scripts. He writes, you know, overarching arcs and then lets kind of the artist, uh, breathe, but the problem is, I think with Ramita, he was so used to doing it with full scripts that I, it just, it was kind of like I, you know, I he almost had too much freedom. If that makes I, sense, I also think that Ramita, and I have not. I mean, he's I love he's one of my favorite comic artists, but I have not followed him a lot, as or at least as far as when he, his work as Marvel. I have not followed him complete with DC, but I will also say that the the, the prequel to the Dark Knight uh, was actually. I thought pretty good too. His art was pretty solid in that. Look, he there's certain characters that I feel like just he can do. And Batman, I felt like I have always I had always felt like his Punisher Batman stuff was awesome. It looked great. Punisher, yeah, Punisher Batman was great. Daredevil. I think he's in the Daredevil recent, Batman too. His recent art on Tom King's Batman was atrocious. It, it's got to be Klaus. <laughs> Jan, it's got to be Klaus Jansen. There's there's something wrong with Klaus Jansen, and for whatever reason, it is. I think, issues. I, I think it's just. I think it's just maybe uh, Jansen's style. It kind of it worked. It might have. It might have worked for um, Ramita. Ramita doing stuff in the '80s, but maybe not now. It might be the coloring. Like the, it, it, it we've gone digital. It, it's gone digital now, and so like a bunch of stuff's getting lost in translation. Yeah. Oh, like, and that that is. It, the fact that that that, is, that that's not discussed enough, I don't think, about how uh, much of an effect that digital art has on a lot of. It, it reminds me very much, and Paul, you'll you'll probably understand this reference. When they brought in, um, who was the guy that? Uh, oh wow, I just blanked on his name. Uh, he. He did night that when Stacy died. He did the he did the pencils, whereas Ramita did the break like the inks. Um, uh, oh, Bob, Gil, Gil, Kane. Gil, Gil Kane. Oh, when Gil Kane. Yeah. When they brought okay, Gil Kane yeah. into the nineties, you look at Gil Kane's artwork in, in those few issues of Adage of a Spider Man. You're like, oh, that's bad. That's I think you know what's funny is I think Gil Kane's kind of overrated in general. Mm. No, I, I, look, I think that Gil he's kind of grown on me. The 70s Kane, stuff has grown on me a little bit. Gil Kane with Ramita was great. Gil yeah. Kane, I, and I saw some other Gil well, Kane. That's because Ramita kind of takes over when he inks. He's one of those artists. But Dude, also, you can, you can still see some of uh, Kane's idiosyncrasies yeah. in there. And I actually like that. It kind of, because Ramita's very like clean. So, like, 
Canes is a little like looser and grittier, and like it, it kind of it's a good it's a good. It, it, I'll never I'll never forget reading the John the last John Byrne issue that John Byrne drew of the reboot. It's actually inked by Ramita, and you can so tell it was inked yeah. by Ramita totally. because <laughs> it it doesn't hardly it, it's like this weird amalgam. That's a good Clone Saga Chronicles reference for a future episode. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's an amalgam. Spider of, Boy, like, uh, yeah. Which was actually uh, Mike Ringo's big break into getting a gig on Sensational and in mm. Marvel in general, actually. But I, uh, I think like it might just be Klaus Jansen because yeah. because like if, it could if be. Mark, Mark, Mark Morales, he's an inker on he's an inker I found on Twitter who did a, a Romita piece, right, or a Romita Junior piece, and it looks mm. substantially better than anything Klaus Jansen's put out. But it could just be Romita Junior's gotten old and lazy and carried on his dad's name. So no. <laughs> I don't I don't. Look, I don't think it, it's that necessarily, but you're, you're going to have a natural regret. But I, what I was trying to get with on on Gil Kane because this was these were issues that were done like within in like six months before him passing away. Mm-hmm. You you do have a regression over a period of years, and for somebody like uh, look at Salvi Sema, for example, before he went to being an anchor full time, um, he, you know. Ha- there was a few times where he penciled stuff and it looks great. And I think some of his pen- most recent pencils, I'm like, Sal still got it. I don't think Sal could do a, a monthly book, but he can no. fill in every once in a while. Um, sure. and obviously his work with, with Ron friends is just absolutely freaking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, and then pretty much now, whenever Ron does a book, it's basically let's do Sal. Um, he called up Sal. Sal says, yep, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny uh, funny thing about the Blue Baron series that they're doing is that I actually were looking for maybe bringing Sal to do the pencils, and it turned into, um, well, he doesn't do pencil work anymore, but I can bring him on as a uh, as an anchor. So, yeah. Um, so let's uh, you see you've seen it scrolling across the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're listening to us on the audio version. You're you're not seeing this, but you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Spidey Dude Network. Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio. The voicemail line, of course, is 818-925-6631. And the email address is Spidey Dude Radio Network at gmail.com. Be sure to leave your reviews also on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and uh, Spotify. We're really, really excited about the uh, about the future. And guys, thank you for being on this episode. I cannot wait to cover this the eighth volume. Of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and it's we'll Jonah go- time. It's Jonah time, which and I know. Paul- time. Jon- Jonah Gog time. So, thank you for listening to this episode of the absolutely twenty ninety nine Carnage special. <laughs> we'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio. And that wraps up this episode of Spidey Experience. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our social medias at Spidey Radio on Twitter, at Spidey Network on Instagram and Facebook and Twitch, and pretty much everywhere else you can find Spidey Radio Network. You'll find it there. Be sure to give us some feedback of this audio version of the podcast by leaving us a review or a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or, excuse me, Apple Podcasts. No, it's no longer iTunes. That's how long I've been doing this. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we'll be definitely coming soon to Amazon Music Podcasts as well. Uh, we'll be also trying to expand to places like Stitcher and other places. So if it's your favorite podcatcher, be sure to 
find this particular podcast and give us some five stars or, you know, or less. Leave us some feedback. Also, leave us an email at clonesdotcom. Excuse me, not clonesdotcom. SpideyRadioNetwork at gmail.com. 818-925-6631 if you want to leave a voicemail. And thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Spidey Radio Network.